1: What is up, Thunder fans? It is your boy, Taylor Peterson. You probably know me on Twitter as at Taylor underscore P15. And I am here with your very late post-game podcast for the Thunder's big win over the the Knicks on this Martin Luther King Day. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I unfortunately did have to work today. Um, However, having some basketball, specifically some Thunder basketball, to help me get through the day definitely helped. Um, I kind of sneaked and was watching the Thunder game and tweeting along with you guys on the uncontested Twitter account. And now that I am home, I got off work, came home with the dogs out, and now I am post-game potting and ready to go. So the Thunder ended up beating the Knicks, as you guys know. They beat them pretty good, 127-109. to 109, And it was every bit of a blowout for the majority after that big win on Saturday. You know, I tweeted out that how big that, that win on Saturday was and that buzzer beater was, for this team's uh, morale and just overall thought um, and confidence. And I I think we saw that today that 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 was the case and that really paid off because the Thunder came out against a team who they obviously were better than, Uh, they felt that they were inferior to, and they came out instead of just letting off the gas and and being tired and just not really trying, they came out and just basically stomped the brakes off the Knicks, um, which was really good to see and essentially did so the whole entire game. So, they moved to 28-18 overall, third in the West, only a half game ahead of Portland, which is important because we play the Trailblazers tomorrow, which I'll get into a little later. Um, but before the game started, we got some uh, another good update on Alex Sabrina's. He, he was active today, per Billy Donovan. He did actually dress out. He was in uniform, um, but Billy didn't really want to play him, and I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but... The way he worded it, he said like the next couple games, and that that obviously this was before the next game, um, just the way he said it and the fact that Alex is dressing out again, which is great news, really kind of makes me think, and this is just speculation on my part, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Alex against New Orleans on Thursday. I think that's a really good tar- uh, target date for him. That gets him two full games again of uh, full participation in terms of shoot around and dressing out. And then one game, or one day after the last game um, before he would play on Thursday, just really makes sense. So that's good to see that we will have Alex Obrinas returning to the lineup, um, hopefully sooner rather than later. So rather than going quarter by quarter like I do sometimes, I feel like today I, I just had some overall themes that really stuck out to me that I'm going to go ahead and, and head through. The first of these being the most obvious, and that's MVPG. He is uh, really starting to light some fire under that MVP campaign of his again. It, it kind of died off. I actually was listening to the Ringer podcast, the NBA uh, show earlier today uh, on my way home from work, and they were talking about like why isn't PG getting more buzz, MVP buzz, And I think somebody, I think it was Haley O'Shaughnessy on there, was saying, "Well, honestly, he was." And then James Harden started going crazy. Um, But now Paul George has been doing some incredible feats and MVP moments, and so now we're starting to hear his name in the conversation again. And I thought that was a really good point. You know, obviously with the big game winner, uh, the four-point play on Saturday today, he had 31 points, four assists, four rebounds. He was nine of 18 from the field. He was 50%. He was four of nine from three. And I think one of my favorite stats of his today was that he was 99 from the free throw line. So not only did he obviously make all of his free throws, which is a, a good thing, but he's driving to the hole. He's drawing fouls, which is something we sometimes don't see from Paul. He can get a little, um, he's not as aggressive as sometimes he needs to be. And so it was really good to see him um, get to the line and shoot some free throws because that's nine free points right there. and uh, And that's been really big. Um, And also, he he essentially didn't or he didn't play the entire fourth quarter. Neither did Russ, which was really nice. Um, They definitely needed that before the back to back tomorrow. Uh, But also, just playing that level of offense ability. Maybe we're just used to watching Russ. You know, when he's on, like he is offensively. Sometimes uh, in the past, he's not decided not to play defense. However, that wasn't the case with Paul George. Uh, He's continued to play really good defense. Particularly during the stretch, but he really has all season. That's why he's a leading defense of the year candidate, in my in my opinion, and also many others. I know Woj retweeted something about uh, the other day about some defense statistics. Gosh, excuse me, can't talk um, of Paul George's and and how he should be a leading candidate for that. But anyways, I thought he played really good against today, and I think a, a really good example of this is something that Mikey Barra over from Down to Dunk and Chartside he tweeted out. Um, during the first half, I believe it was the second quarter, Hardaway Jr. kind of went on a little run of his own. I don't even know if this is a bad podcast. I didn't go back to see how many points he actually scored during that stretch, but let us I think it was around six to eight points that where he had scored straight. Uh, Paul George did not like that, <laughs> so he locked him down. The next four straight possessions, Hardaway Jr. didn't even get a shot off, um, so that just shows what Paul's capable of, especially when he's trying like he is, and he's just really defending right now at an absolute elite level, which has been really exciting to see, and as we'll see later on in the podcast, uh, I'll talk about some other players that are stepping up alongside with him on the defensive end. So, by the first quarter, he had already scored in double digits, and this is a really interesting fact. Shout out, Thunder Thundertie, uh, Justin over at Thunderheads tweeted something out, um, and, and brought this to my attention, or not specifically my attention, but on the, the Twitter feed, um, from Matt Pinto, of the OKC Thunder, tweeted or I guess said on his broadcast that uh, by the first quarter, Paul George had scored in double digits, but that made his 26th quarter in the Thunder's last 24 games that he had scored in double digits. So he's just been dropping buckets. Uh, he has been making a lot of buckets, getting a lot of points, and so that, I thought that was a pretty interesting stat. So shout out to Thunder Time at Pinto, um, and then he scored 15 in the third for a total of 31 points and helped it get to the point where him and Rust didn't even really need to play that fourth quarter. Speaking of Russ, he hadn't scored the entire first quarter, which is something we do not often see from Russell Westbrook. Um, It was very interesting, for sure. He scored 11 points in the second quarter, though. (laughs) So he got it going. We actually kind of saw him start to score, and PG didn't score quite as much in the second. uh, But it didn't matter. They really played well off each other today, and uh, as they have most of this season. Not to say that they haven't, but... So Russ scored eleven in the second quarter, which was really fun to watch. He got much more aggressive and he started hitting his shots, which was which was very big. Um, he ended with seventeen points, ten rebounds, and nine assists. He was only assists uh, in assists shy of a triple double, and he was six of twelve. So he was also fifty percent from the field. Um, one stat that I really like from him is he only took one or two three pointers and made one of them. Uh, you know, it's particularly with him shooting as poor as he has. And I know on Saturday and the past couple of games during this losing stretch, before Saturday's game, he got some criticism for his his shot selection. So it's good to see him uh, deferring a little more or at least driving to the hole, which is what he's best at rather than pulling from three. So I was happy to see that. And then another stat I really like is he was four or five from the free throw line. I know he's been missing free throws, but the the fact that he is starting to make more and more again, is starting to gain a little more confidence. We're seeing these free throw numbers of his continue to climb because he's getting a little more confident. And so he's driving to the rim a little more. He's being more aggressive and he's getting a, f- a few more foul calls. Although some, I know uh, there's been a couple no calls in the past couple games that, that we feel like Russ should have got, but it is what it is. That's, you live and die with Russell Westbrook and uh, that's kind of part of it. So uh, he also, like I said, did not play the fourth quarter, which is huge uh, with that back-to-back coming up tomorrow. So Another point that I wanted to bring up is okay. See, I, I talked about shooting, uh, particularly Russ and PG there, but they're continuing to shoot well as a team. Particularly today and Saturday, they really shot uh, good this past two these past two games on this road trip. Today they shot fifty four point two percent on forty five or excuse me on eighty three field goal attempts. They made forty five of those. The best stat within that is they shot fifty one point seven percent from the three point line. That's like they shot nearly fifty-two percent from the three-point line, which is something we haven't often seen, as as most Thunder fans know uh, this season. So that was awesome. They were fifteen of twenty-nine from three. They actually had shot sixty-one percent in the first half. And just going through individuals here, Paul George, I said was like I said was four of nine from three. Nader was two of three, and I'll get in talk about Nader. That was my impact player of the game. Um, I have a bullet point on him here later. And then Schroeder was four of seven. Um, I love Schroeder. Shooting uh, the, the three like he is, and and, and making them, and, and being hot right now, uh, he shot pretty well Saturday, and in fact, kind of kept us in the game there once we gave up that big lead. But seven three-point attempts for Shooter—it's kind of like Russ. You want to see that number go down. Now I know Shooter's making them right now, so maybe he should be sh- shooting, you know, four or five a game. Uh, but seven just seems like way too much. So I- I'd like to see that number go go down even if he is a little hot right now. Terrence Ferguson, who I'll also get into, he was three of five, which is awesome. Uh, and then Jeremy was only one of two today, but I really like the stat that Andrew Schlecht of Down to Dunk tweeted out. Jeremy has already made 14 more threes this season than he had all last season. And I know he's kind of gone through what we might consider a little bit of a slump over the past couple of games from shooting outside. And honestly, that's probably nothing more than just a little bit of like regression to the mean. But I do think these shots will fall... It, It'll at least be better than uh, than this past stretch. I think he's going to find his stroke again and find that three point three point stroke and and start to knock those down a little more. Now, is he going to be a 40% th- uh, three-point shooter this season? No, but I, I think he can do a little better than what he's been doing. But Regardless, that shows you the improvement on that end and that it's not just fool's gold. Jeremy really has improved from the three-point line, and that opens up so much for this team. And then, speaking of shooting, uh, the Thunder were 22-27 from the free-throw line. And that's a, obviously another improving trend that is really good to see, uh, because as we know, we either have not been getting foul calls or we are shooting outside shots when we're not making them. We aren't going to the hole enough and drawing fouls, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's really cool to see. And like I said, PG was perfect, nine to nine. Russell's four or five. They were the two leading field goal, uh, or excuse me, <laughs> not field goal, free throw uh, attempts on the team. So, uh, I said I was going to talk about Terrence Ferguson, and honestly, he was going to be my impact player of the game until. Abdul Nader decided in the fourth quarter he was going to try and be James Harden. <laughs> so, I mean, Ferguson has just been incredible and, and so critical for our team, particularly as of late. He's really developing into a major 3 and D, which we you know, always hear about this mythical 3 and D in OKC and how the Thunder really need to try and, three and, uh, uh, try and find a 3 and D player every year at the trade deadline. And, well, maybe we can get one at the buyout market. Well, we have one, and he's developing right in front of our eyes, and it's been really exciting to see. He is 27 of 54 from three in the past 10 games this month. Before today, and so these stats have probably improved, but before today, he was 40% from three since Russ talked to him after his early struggles during that, that losing uh, streak to start the season. And he's 44% since December 1st. And like I said, those numbers should have improved because he went three of five today. So, I mean, it's just really been cool to see him improve his shot. Uh, you know, he, he we're seeing his confidence increase he knocked down that big shot in, at the end of the uh, fourth quarter on Saturday that kept the Thunder in the game or extended their lead. It just and then also he brought the ball down today, <laughs> which was something. And and actually I missed it. I just I saw somebody tweet about it because um, like I said I was at work so I was watching some and there was a, a couple instances where I had to step away. So I don't know whether it, it was on like a fast break or whether PG just threw the ball and to to t- him really quick and because Russell's already down the floor. But regardless, we're just seeing his confidence begin to soar and. I think that's for the best, you know, the more he's shooting, particularly the way he's shooting um, and putting the ball on the floor and looking for two teammates. I mean, that's just, that just makes his team so much better. And then I I talked about his defense and that might be something that's not surprised me early on. And now it just has pleased me more than even his three point shooting is his defense, you know, it's just continuing to improve. And I think a really good example of this is JJ Redick. Um, That's who he was on obviously on Saturday uh, Dennis Schroeder was on him during a stretch, and he had, was having a really good offensive game. So Billy was pulling, or had brought Schroeder in. I, I think it was like the beginning of the fourth quarter of that game, and Schroeder was just getting torched by JJ. JJ got hot, so Billy takes Schroeder out and then brings in Ferguson. When he did, JJ Redick didn't attempt, attempt another three for the rest of the game. And that just shows, you know, I was reading an article that Brett Dawson wrote earlier today, you guys should go check it out, because it talks about his defensive improvement and his confidence, and it talked about how Paul George was, was telling Ferg on Saturday um, he was having some troubles going over screens, which he typically uh, does rather than going under them, that's kind of his choice, his, his defensive preference, and he was... It it, it was leading to open threes for the Sixers. So Paul George told him, Hey, why don't you just fake going over the top since they've scouted you and they know that's what you're going to do? Then do a quick move, slide under, and you'll be able to get around those picks. He said, uh, Ferguson said he did that the very next possession. And he was amazed because uh, he was right in front of, I think it was JJ Reddick. He was right in his face. Anyways, he's a sponge. He's learning. He, he's open he, he's learning things from two of the best and Paul George and, and Andre Robertson you know wing defenders and perimeter defenders so that, that's been awesome it, I mentioned dre you know all of this to say what do you do with dre when dre comes back if Dre comes back and I'm not going to get on get into that here on this postgame podcast but that's a question for the future for sure especially if we get reports that dre is nearing a return at some point this season so one of my final points here is Abdul nader. Just like Terrence Ferguson, he can really continues to impress. He kind of had a couple games where he wasn't quite as hot as when we first brought him in and gave him playing time. But today he had a uh, really an incredible fourth quarter, and I went ahead and gave him the Impact Player of the Game because of his improvement. Um, he had 16 points, six rebounds, and had the second most minutes off the bench, 20 behind Schroeder. Now. Those minutes are going to be inflated a little bit due to the blowout. You know, It was like the blowout quarter, gar- not really garbage time per se, but the Thunder were up enough that they just kind of had him playing so that way they could rest PG and Russ. Um, but he still got a lot of good regular minutes as well. And I really loved his aggressiveness. I, actually, before he exploded in the fourth quarter, I noticed him driving to the hole and uh, he drew a foul. I saw him drive a couple times and kick out to people. And I was just really impressed with his aggressiveness and how it was opening up the offense for that second unit. But then the fourth quarter happens, and he, he scores 15 out of the 16 in the fourth, which is just really good for his confidence as well and, and really good for this bench. But, you know, he presents a big three-point threat. He was kind of known when we first acquired him as a three-point shooter and, and not much else. But now he, could, that he can also attack the rim. You know, he's drawing fouls. He's finishing at the rim. Um, as Jacob calls him, he's a bucket getter. And his, his nickname for Nader is Nosedive Nader because he's just going downhill, kind of like down, downhill Dion. So it, it, I'm really interested to see how or if his minutes change when Abrinas gets back. I'm not sure if they will. I know we, you probably have heard Jacob talking here in the past couple of podcasts about Diallo and how his minutes are probably going to get affected quite a bit when Abrinas comes back. But I really don't think you should take too much away from Abrinas, or excuse me, from Nader when Abrinas comes back. You know, Maybe just take away a couple minutes and you know take away Diallo's minutes add a, a couple minutes uh take a couple away from Nader and and, and give those to um to Abrinas but I, I'm actually really intrigued by the thought of a Schroeder or even a Russ at some point and then uh Nader and Abrinas on each wing you know Abrinas in a small forward maybe Nader at shooting guard I mean that opens up the floor so much particularly for that bench unit and I really think and, and if Alex continues to uh to show that he can play good defense and Nader continues to improve on that end. I mean, I think that could be a really dangerous bench lineup. But that's kind of the key here. He has got to improve on the defensive end. He wasn't bad today, but again, it was the Knicks. And I don't I know, he's, he's kind of struggled against some of these more elite teams. So he, he's definitely going to have to continue to, to improve on the defensive end. But if he can, he'll be a huge part of this bench and a, a potential key rotation player moving forward. So just a few final thoughts before we head out of here and wrap this up. The Thunder had six players in double digits. And Ferg had nine of those but he was almost there it was almost seven players that's just as Jacob pointed out on his Twitter that's a lot of balance and a lot of depth when they play this way and, and granted this like I said this was against the Knicks but I still think this is something they're capable of particularly when we get to the playoffs now they're the rotation is going to be shorter so that number is going to shrink because of that but it just shows that we have guys who can score score the basketball and can contribute in a lot of different ways and when they're clicking on all cylinders like they have the past two games, they're a lot of fun to watch, and they're a dangerous team. Uh, we were talking in the Slack. You know, they're really um, a good, uh, a consistent, offensively good Russ again. You know, Russ finding his, his groove, basically, on the offensive end. And a maybe one more rotation player uh, from a trade deadline or the buyout market away from being a serious title contender. Um, I mean, that's... Granted, Golden State is who they are, and they're probably going to win it. I get it, but regardless, you know there's a lot to be excited about when they're playing this way. The issue is when they don't, as we saw over this past week and a half before that Sixers game. Um, but not only are they fun to watch, they're having fun together, and I think that's really important. Uh, you know, They're really enjoying playing together. The first example of this is obviously after PG hits that game-winner. I don't know if you guys knew what Ferg was doing out there in that dance, but there's a rapper called Blueface, and that's who he was listening to, and or that's who he listens to and, and is a fan of. And he has that signature dance, and that's actually what Ferguson was doing out there. He wasn't like dry humping the air <laughs> towards like the Sixers; like it looked looked like. That's actually a dance, and PG got it. But you saw PG over there just looking at him and giggling, and you know they were chuckling and having fun doing that together. Um, and then obviously everybody embraced PG right immediately after that. Everybody just mopped them. They're dapping them up and patting them on the head and the back. And then PG immediately looks over to Russ and just gives him this this big hug. Like he was looking for Russ that entire time to to give him a hug and celebrate with him. So their relationship, but just the teams in general, uh, we're continuing to see strengthen. I think that's really important moving forward. You know, TLC uh, gave Simmons a cold shoulder when he was mic'd up. Simmons was mic'd up and, and was trying to talk to TLC, but it was a little mischievous. And I think TLC kind of picked up on that because a couple of our players, we're kind of off to the side talking with TLC about stuff going on in the game. Uh, two, like two of our players who were actually—I forget who it was—but they were actually playing on the court. They kind of walked over, and it was almost like Ben Simmons was like trying to kind of see what was going on, type of thing. But regardless, TLC gave his old teammate the old the cold shoulder and tried to basically ignore him. And then there was a big group of the team. I think it was like Russ, PG, Jeremy Grant, um, who else? Raymond, Steven, and maybe like P Pat. They all went to the Pacquiao and Broner fight in Brooklyn Saturday night. And there's those videos of them sitting ringside and just having a lot of fun. And then tonight, or today's game, excuse me, this was uh, really funny. The, the, the Knicks crowd was chanting Raymond Felton at the end of the Garbage Mints, wanting Ray to come in and get to see their old, beloved point guard from in, in New York, Raymond Felton. And the Thunder Bench actually started joining in. You saw PG standing up and clapping and just... You know the entire bench was just having fun with them, patting him on the patting Raymond on the head. So it's just really cool to see. You know, particularly guys like TLC and Raymond, who they for every they have every reason to be frustrated, yet they're still out there having fun and they've really bought into the culture. So I think that's important for this team moving forward, um, and will only help them play better as well. So looking ahead, the Thunder play the Blazers tomorrow night. Like I mentioned, they're only a half game back of the Thunder and that fourth seed. Thunder currently in the third, and they the one thing to note is they actually have a back to back. Uh, tonight with the Jazz, and so their back-to-back is, one, probably much more difficult than ours was considering we play the Knicks today, and two, we had that early tip-off, and two of our starters didn't play the entire fourth quarter and got some rest there, so it's almost like having a day in between in a way, I mean, not quite, but still, it's much better than the Blazers, the Blazers playing in a 7 o'clock game getting on a flight from Utah to OKC, and then turning around and playing the Thunder again at home. So this is a game that's really important, obviously, for standings, but also a game that the Thunder should take full advantage of and beat this team while they're kind of down and while the Thunder are at home. So up next, they then play the New Orleans Pelicans on Thursday at home as well, which is nice. You know, they probably won't have Anthony Davis, which will be big, and the Thunder definitely need to take advantage of that, although I think they last time I checked that the Pelicans were up, on memphis by like 20 points or something without ad so definitely have to show up and play well for that game and then sunday they have a really big game against Giannis antetokounmpo and the milwaukee bucks Uh, that one is also at home before they start a three game road trip east coast trip with orlando miami and boston so the schedule definitely is picking up as we're seeing we will be covering it all right here at the uncontested thank you guys for following along with me today on twitter thank you guys for listening to our post game podcast you can find much more post game podcasts throughout the week we'll have a group pod for you guys and uh oh yeah also be sure to go onto the website and check out check out jacob's uh trade deadline article that he did it's really good put a lot a lot of work into it and it'll definitely get you guys ready for the trade deadlines so thank you guys again for following along and thunder up